0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stalbaum.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the program. They caught me off guard talking about some movie. But anyway, hey, we're glad to have you on Morning Breath. Welcome to the program. This is live drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. How that, how that happens is we read the Bible. Take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time studying it, looking at it, thinking about it, asking God to speak to us through it, speak to our own lives, but also to you, for you guys to hear some things from here that will touch your life and help you go forward. So anyway, my co-host today, I keep saying we... My co-host is Pastor David Gammon. How you doing, Pastor David?
0: I'm doing great. Super excited, man. I feel like I've been out of here for forever. Me too. I cannot yeah. wait to jump into the chapter, but got a lot of good rest, some family time, some cool. time away with my bride, Nancy, and, and just excited. So you
1: were on vacation too? Yep. Well, I yep. didn't know it because I was gone too. Exactly. Whoa. So I thought you were here the whole time working. I think Pastor Brian and Keith held the fort. They've been holding it down, huh? And held the good fort. Good for them. Good for them. Thank you guys for, for helping us. Amen. They're good guys.
0: All right. Well, I tell you what, we, 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 yeah, we did not even you agree with me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're good guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, like, whatever. Yeah, now he's going All
0: right. Yeah, they're all Brian's right. Brian's a good guy. Yeah, Keith, Keith yeah, uh, well, Sort of. <laughs> no. no, Keith's
1: uh, good, no. too. Anyway, go ahead. Tell them how to get involved. Yeah, we
0: want you guys to jump in. <laughs> great way to find out what chapter we're getting into is get our app. If you need anything, East Coast, get our app. Uh, go to your way, ever you get your mobile apps uh, for your devices. Also, go to our website as well, ecc.us. You'll be able to um, find the Morning Breath tab there. You'll be able to see chapters we've gone into, chapters we're going to go into. Yep. And if you're say you're driving right now, you're hearing us on the radio, that's a great way if maybe you reach your destination or you come in halfway through the uh, episode, yeah. you can go and hear the rest of it there. Or you can just call the church at 321-452-1060, and we'll be able to help you out.
1: Yeah, we'll send you a, a list of what chapters we're in. We can either do that by the regular mail or email it to you. It's a fun way to do that. Really, not a ton going on, but we're getting ready for some big times at mm. East Coast. Uh, we're doing camp very soon. Mm-hmm. What are Absolutely. camp dates?
0: Anybody know camp dates? Uh, the twelfth through the fifteenth,
1: sixteenth, sixteenth, twelfth through sixteenth, July twelfth, July twelfth cool. through sixteenth. So the kids are doing a bikeathon, getting ready for that. So Absolutely. that that's a great fundraiser. If you maybe out there and think, man, I'd, I'd like my teenager to go, but man, four or five hundred dollars is a lot to pay to, for my teenager to go away for a week. Well, I don't think it is. If I could get rid of my teenager for a week, I think that'd be cheap at any right. price. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you can get them involved in some of the fundraisers that we're doing. And this this is a big one. And we have actually seen kids pay for their entire trip through this one fundraiser. And it's going to be June 26th. It's either a bike-a-thon or walkathon. walk-a-thon. Yep. And you get sponsors. And it's just a great way to raise funds for camp.
0: Absolutely. And if you're out there and you got <laughs> a nephew, niece, grandson – uh, and you're able to, to step in there, and you don't know much about our church, uh, send them our way. I know I'm preaching the opening night of camp, and, and I'm definitely doing a salvation message. Where Our heart is just that these kids get you know, just soaked in the Word of God, yep. and they're able to see that being a Christian is an amazing walk of life. So
1: And it's at an incredible camp where they have as oh, much yes. fun as I've ever seen them have. I mean, it's— It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's really fun. It's a water park. It's just— a really cool i mean they even have a zoo right. now that is all the reject animals from all the <laughs> other zoos around the country but it's still a zoo it is and it uh, is. they've got uh, a blob and a spring and canoeing and uh, like rodeo stuff and i do it's really cool zip lines and gosh it's incredible it's it an is. incredible camp so yeah i'd love to have you there anyway all right. That's our stuff. You want to get into the chapter today? Let's do
0: it. We got First Samuel chapter twelve. We got twenty-five verses.
1: Yeah, pretty short. Um, I'll do the first twelve. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good place to break. I'll do the first twelve. You do the last
0: thirteen. Perfect. Well, Pastor Dan, yeah. I say to you, read, sir. New King James Version of
1: the Bible. Now Samuel said to all Israel, "Indeed, I have heeded your voice in all that you said to me, and have made a king over you." And now here is the king walking before you, and I am old and gray bearded or gray headed. And look, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. Here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? And from whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my eyes? Uh, I will restore it to you. And they said, you have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. Then he said to them, the Lord is witness against you and is anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. And they answered, he is a witness. Then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who raised up Moses and Aaron and who brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, stand still that I may reason with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and your fathers. When Jacob had gone into Egypt and your fathers cried out to the Lord, then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor in the land of the Philistines and in the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. Then they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and have served the, served the Baals and Ashereth. And now, but now, but deliver us from the hand of our enemy and we will serve you. And the Lord sent Jeroboam, Bedan, Jephthah, and Samuel to, to deliver you out of the hand of your enemies on every side and you dwelt in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over
0: us when the Lord your God was your king. All right. Here is the king you have chosen. You have asked for him. The Lord has granted your request. Now, if you fear and worship the Lord and listen to his voice, and if you do not rebel against the Lord's commands, then both you and your king will show that you recognize the Lord as your God. But if you rebel against the Lord's commands and refuse to listen to him, then his hand will be as heavy upon you as it is. Was upon your ancestors. Now stand here and see the great thing the Lord is about to do. You know that it does not rain at this time of the year during the wheat harvest. I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain today. Then you will realize how wicked you have been in asking the Lord for a king. So Samuel called the to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people were terrified, and the Lord and, and of Samuel, terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. "'Pray to the Lord your God for us, or we will die,' they all said to Samuel. "'For now we have added to our sins by asking for a king.'" Don't, "'Don't be afraid,' Samuel reassured them. "'You have certainly done wrong, but make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart and don't turn back on him. Don't go back worshiping worthless idols that cannot help you or rescue you. They are totally useless.'" The Lord will not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name, for it has pleased the Lord to make you, make you his very own people. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you, and I will continue to teach you what is good and right, but be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him and think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. But if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. Ah, men.
1: You and your king.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: So this is a, this is kind of crazy thought that I just maybe kick around if we go anywhere with it we do. Here we've got a situation where God wants to be the king of Israel mm. and he wants to rule them, you know, uh, autonomously or, um, you know, as a theocracy instead of a democracy or a what do they call a royal well, it's monarchy? Yeah, monarchy. It, 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 that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was, I'm going to be your king. You'll be my subjects. We will, we will just mystify the world because mm-hmm. they, you're not like any other nation in the world. You don't have a king, and yet your armies win battles, and all these cool things happen. How in the world is, is all this going on? And and God's name would have become greater and greater because of that. They, but, but they ask so many times and so consistently mm-hmm. for a king, God gives them a king.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I, you know, when you think about that from that point of view, you think, man, that's, that's a little dangerous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That I can ask so much for something mm-hmm. that I end up with it even though it's not God's best for me. And that's a crazy thought. But then to take the thought a little bit further— is in spite of them doing all this, God in his wisdom gives them David next, Mm -hmm. who is actually a king after God's own heart. And then God begins to do great things in the earth through David. And it looks like, man, God took the broken plan and redeemed it and made it a great plan. And so that kind of encourages me because... As scary as it is that I might pray for something I don't want Mm -hmm. and get it, I mean, something I do want but shouldn't have and get it, but yet that God can take that situation even when I make a huge mistake and then turn it into something incredible. I'll I'll just give you an example that came to my mind that I see people maybe making a bit of a mistake on. And I'm not saying it's a mistake now because once you get married— You're like, this situation, God redeems it, and he starts to work in it. But I've seen people so desperate to get married that they're praying and, like, give me a wife, give me a wife, give me a wife, give me a husband, give me a husband, give me a husband, give me a husband. And if they would just seek God Mm -hmm. and not be so vehemently seeking a mate, that God would bring them a mate while they were seeking God, and it would be the right one type of thing. That's one of the things I see that people can get a little... I mean, you pastor the young adults, so I'm telling you something, right? You know, I'm not telling you anything. Anyway, that's something I've seen going on out there.
0: You know, I love this chapter. What really stood out to me is what you're saying is, you know, it says that they looked over at the other nations and wanted a king. Come on. And there's kind of a, a plot twist to this because God was meant to be the king of Israel. God's always meant to be the king of Israel. He's always meant to be... Uh, their head ruler, and this is why I love how scripture is so, so divinely woven that Atheists really don't stand a chance <laughs> of proving against it because look at the position Samuel is in. In case some of you guys don't know, Samuel, as Paul boasts in the New Testament, like I love how he passes aggressively, just slaps every other apostle on the, apostle on the face. I think it's a Corinthians. He's like, oh, I'm not flexing on nobody, but uh, I work harder than all of them. I think all right, like a <laughs> he does. Yeah. Like, he drops it on him. Well, yeah. Samuel kind of should do that in the Old Testament. He's the high priest. He's the prophet, and he's the judge. He's the only character we see in the Old Testament that holds all three positions. And they're kind of calling out for him to resign. They're saying, we want a king. And that has to hurt. That's why he opens the chapter with, hey, have I done anything wrong, guys? Because this is kind of not just a jerk move to God, but also a jerk move to me. And I'm sure some of you guys have felt that way. And I bet in his heart, too. And this is very small. But if you look in Genesis, there's a part in 17, verse 6, where God talks to Abraham, and he says he'll give Israel kings. All right? And if you hold to that, I know I believe that God was meant to be the ruler. And as Israel was obedient, their tents and lands would prosper and they would oversee stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. But they took the template of the Gentiles. So they took the template of the foreigners, not God's template. And sometimes what we do is we look across a perfect analogy is the wife or the business or the truck or the boat or whatever it might be that you want looking. Oh. Isn't
1: that country western song about a new fishing <laughs> rod and a new boat? Right? I think it is, yeah.
0: Instead of saying, God, I trust your plan and your system and your process. And what happens is you get something now that uh, you don't want. You know, you, you reach out and you took what you didn't want. But you know what? If you trusted God's plan, he had the wife for you. He had the husband for you. He had the yeah. boat for you. He yeah. had the truck for you. Yeah. He has the best country song for you. That's right. You know? But it's like, but that that's the nature of humanity. Delayed gratification is like impossible for yeah, us. Yeah,
1: it's hard. You know, an example from my own life, and I, I was recently at a church in North Carolina, minister, and that's one of the reasons I was actually gone. And mm-hmm. um, we, uh, I, I shared this because of um, I don't remember what I was on, but I I just remembered a testimony from my when I first became a Christian. When I first became a Christian, I was addicted to fishing, and fishing was an idol to me in so many ways. I was just like, I was just crazy about fishing. I thought fishing was like the craziest thing. In fact, it actually says in verse 21, and do not turn aside, for then you would go after empty things, which cannot profit or deliver for they are nothing. Some translations say, go after idols, which cannot profit or deliver for they are nothing, instead of empty things. But um, not that fishing's bad in any way, shape, or form. It's it's you know just a neutral thing that we have in the world we live in. But if it runs your life and rules your life and all you think about and do, and you know you're willing to leave your wife, you know make her a widow to go fishing mm-hmm. and all that stuff, it was just too big in my life. So when I got saved, I quit fishing. Mm-hmm. I just said I'm going to lay this down for a while. I don't need this. Um, this has gotten too big in my life. I'm going to set it aside. And I did. Then pretty soon I found myself in Guatemala on a missions trip. And while in Guatemala on a missions trip, one of the guys there said, Hey, uh, I I got a big fishing trip planned tomorrow. Do you want to go? And it was an off day that we were supposed to go to the market and shop. And Mike said, Man, that'd be great. Why don't you go, Dan? And so I was able to go fishing in Guatemala, one of the best sailfish mm-hmm. areas and I think oh, wow. I, I caught three sailfish. We, we On the boat, we caught lots of them. But I personally caught, like, three large sailfish that day and some dolphin. And it was a – or my my for those of you that are from Hawaii, which I doubt. But that's why we started calling them that anyway. And <laughs> Florida, they're called dolphins. Dolphin, all right, Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, um, we caught a lot of fish. And so I give up something for Jesus. I go on a mission trip. And when I'm there, God provides – like a fishing trip I could have never afforded. I could have, you yeah. know, tickets to Guatemala and rent this huge boat and all this stuff was handed to me on a platter. And I had that happen time and time again after that uh, in India, incredible fish trip. In Hawaii, I went on a fishing trip where, uh, yeah, I was on a mission trip to Hawaii. No, I was at a conference on Hawaii, but it got put together. I caught three marlin. In the, in, on the, the guy in the boat said, This never happens. The captain, right. and he was a Christian, but he wasn't spirit filled. And I was talking to him about being spirit filled. And uh, I'm going, Well, all I can say is, Hey, you got some <laughs> spirit filled people on the boat. We tongue talkers. But anyway, right? those things that you chase after, you know, you end up empty chasing things. We've all gone fishing that day mm-hmm. when we felt like we shouldn't, but we did it anyway. It was like, man. This is a bummer. Right. I should have stayed home. I should have stayed with the kids. I should have stayed with my wife. Right. The, that kind of stuff can't fill you unless God's in it. Come on. And uh, I just I just want to encourage a man, seek him while he may be found. Other things will never do it for you.
0: So like mm-hmm. when a friend, a friend, right? If a friend of ours winds up doing what Israel did to God here, and what Israel did to Samuel here, we would probably be waiting for them to fall waiting for them to mess up, waiting for them to do whatever so we can at least get a, a good, holy, I told you. Oh, time, Lord. I'm you mercy. know, or or at least the prayer of like, Father, they're repenting now and we're going to, Father, you know,
1: forgive my friend for being gonna, such a jerk.
0: But look at what what the Lord, the Lord will not abandon his people. I love it. First all, the Lord will love not it. abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name. For it is pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. For has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. God does not change. His heart for you has not changed. Kicking way over now to a whole different prophet. Jonah would have uh, an encounter. You all know him for the felt. Board. Now he was a
1: great fisherman. <laughs> he was. He, he caught a, a monster, man. Yes,
0: he did. That monster caught him. But he <laughs> caught from the inside
1: out. I don't know if that's the <laughs> way you do that. I'm not here.
0: He had a different process. <laughs> yeah. But at, at the end of Jonah's uh, book, though, he's sitting on this hill. Veggie yeah. crushes it on telling this story. Yeah. A plant is giving him shade. <laughs> he's grumbling. All right. Jonah's grumbling because Nineveh actually repents and God yeah. blesses yeah. him. Yeah. God yeah. destroys the plant that's giving him shit shade now Jonah is just super humble he's mad and then then God (laughs) says one of the most melancholy beautiful things in all of scripture and I'll paraphrase it for you because we try not to do research before we come in here Uh -uh. right he says Jonah I made that plant what did you have to do with it Jonah, I cared about that plant. Was from me. It was from my hand. It was my creation, and of course, he's alluding to Jonah's bitterness towards. He's like he's saying, "I love the people of Nineveh. <laughs> I love humanity. I love." You're my all right creation. with a
1: city getting destroyed, but this plant bothers <laughs> him. Yeah. yeah,
0: and he's like, you know, and I think we need to understand that. Can I know. throw something in yeah. right there? Yeah.
1: The reason I think God was trying to show him that is, He was showing Jonah how self-centered he was. Yeah. How focused he was on his own. And that's what happens when you go fishing when your wife doesn't want you to. You're self-centered. You're focused on yourself. But you'll never be happy, focused on yourself. You'll never be fulfilled on on trying to fulfill your own desires. And that's why this accumulation of stuff in America yeah. is so huge because everybody wants more and more and more and more and more, and more stuff. I don't say anything about fishing rods or Guns, all right? But anyway, <laughs> we want more and more and more stuff, but... All the stuff in the world doesn't satisfy. Mm-hmm. All the stuff in the world will never fill you up. Yep. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, no, I think uh, it's a great picture.
0: I, I love it because then Samuel, who like I feel holds the heartbeat of God, it says, as for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord for ending my prayers for you. He's like, yeah. I'm going to keep, praying, yeah. for yeah. me, gonna keep yeah. praying for you guys. You just fired me, but I'm going to keep praying for you. And it's like, you know, I want to encourage anybody out there today that maybe swiped a credit card because they wanted something now. Or they they signed a contract because they. Wanted oh,
1: you mean swipe it, it like in the machine? In like I thought the, you meant uh, and swiped it from their mom's purse. Oh
0: yeah, no, no, they no. They swiped yeah. the credit
1: card. You get it? Yeah. Okay, oh, now maybe, I get. Either way is bad.
0: Yeah. Right. And this shows here, you know, God is saying, He's like, "So let you know beforehand, you're making a bad decision, but during this, I'm not going to abandon you. If you're listening to this right now and you know God just the Holy Spirit stirring up on your heart a bad decision you made, guess what? God is not have his arms crossed in heaven letting you, uh, you know, just suffer through it. He's not rubbing your nose in the in the dog pee as you might do with the dog. He's actually saying, hey, listen, will you trust me now? Mm. Will you convert kingdoms from the kingdom of your decision-making to the kingdom of my decision-making?
1: Boy, that's good. You know, if you look at uh, since we're going, you're, you're pulling all the Old Testament examples. Right. <laughs> I'm going to pull another one. Jacob and Esau were um, two guys that <clears throat> the anatomy of a decision – is found in their interchange about the bowl of cabbage soup. Mm -hmm. You see Esau come in who says, I'm I'm so hungry I'm going to die. Give me a bowl of your soup. And Jacob says, well, what will you give me in exchange? And uh, they, you know, barter a little bit, and he says, how about your birthright? Whoa, (laughs) that's like your birthright for a bowl of cabbage soup? I don't know about you, but I don't think that's going to work. But that's what he wants. And so he says, yes, because if I don't eat it, I'll die. So just real quick, and I can't hit every point in it, but what happened with the bad decision? One, Esau overvalued what he was going to get. We do that when we're buying a car or this or that. Oh, this is this is going to change everything. You know, I won't have any more repair bills. I bet we go through. He underestimated the cost.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good.
1: And and that's what happens so often in the time. You know, and if I don't eat it, I'm going to die. Wait a minute, you're not going to die without that. You know that cabbage soup. You can live like 40 days without eating. You know, uh, Jesus did. I mean, right. people go 21 day fast without eating. You could. You're not going to die. saw you went out hunting. Come on, get off. Get off it. And that's what we. What happens so much of the time when we try to make decisions. We overvalue what we're going to get. We undervalue the cost. If you just remember those two things when you make decisions, and that could be that fishing trip, or that could be that anything you're going to do, how much will this cost me really? And how much will I gain from this really? Mm -hmm. Not, oh, man, I got to have that Camaro. Yep. I had a dream the other night I was going to try to buy that I don't even like vets. Okay. And the guy said, I'm going to put you in a Camaro instead. And I'm like, this is dumb. Why does a salesman tell me what I'm going to buy? And then I woke up. But anyway, (laughs) there you go. Oh, man. You got anything to say right before we close? I'll I'll do it when we get back. Okay. We'll take a break. We'll
0: be back in a minute. You are
2: listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. So come and find your church
0: home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas
2: Fence owned and operated by Mike Green has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. Kids. That's 321 453 5437.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Come on, Pastor David. All right, so we were talking about um, getting what you want now. We're talking about the fishing Mm, trip. We're talking mm. about delayed gratification. We're talking about looking over and seeing something and overvaluing the object and undervaluing the cost. And that defines lust right there as well. <laughs> it does. And and you know people don't understand that when you start fixating your you start lusting for that type of relationship or you start lusting for that type of person or a person that you will continually and I believe the accuser likes to work on people to continually increase the value of what it would be like to be with that person. And many of the marriages I've had to counsel, the one person had bought into a delusion about someone outside of their marriage, someone outside of a purity walk, someone outside of God's best, and the cost was way more than they ever wished to pay. Most people that I say, and I say this, I tread on eggshells here, most people I've seen step out of their marriages. Um, and within two years they're trying to get back with their spouse. The damage was catastrophic. Uh the person they stepped out with and then wanted nothing to want nothing to do with each other. And it's just a horrendous it's the overvaluing and I just want to say stay with God's plan. Stay with God's it's plan. Good. It's it's where you're called. Is it easy? No. <laughs> uh, but it's good. Pastor, Jen, yeah. you got something there. I so see No, no. I
1: I was I was just looking at the Esau thing and thinking about what you're saying. Um, It's a it's an incredibly valuable thing to put God first in our lives. And when He's first, you know what? You won't lack for any good thing. God will take care of you. Uh, He says He wants to make you His own special people. Come on. And so be His people. He'll take care of you. God bless you guys. Have a great day. See you, Nick. Bye, guys. Yeah. See you, David. God God bless. Bye.